0: I will sit. I will sit. I will sit in the chair of change. So, you know, I don't know uh, about elementary school grounds these days. But when I was growing up and I was at George Peabody Elementary in Oak Cliff, Westmoreland Jefferson, in case you need to know where that is, or I run that area. Yeah. Oak Cliff fans, yes. All right, thank you very much. This was a part of elementary school playground, amen. And you probably played some tetherball back in your day. Any tetherball fans in the room? Yes, amen. Any any tetherball like winners, like you always okay, man, proud tetherball winners. Okay, buddy who plays bass told me he was tetherball king back in the day So I don't remember being great at it But I remember about 10 years ago going to a a retreat It was a couple's retreat. So we're all you know older there and they had these on the grounds And I thought we would you know try to play some tetherball And I thought well surely all that I learned in elementary would come back it would be easy. I mean, it's just, you just hit a ball. You don't have to run. It's just hitting a ball. But the guy I was playing against, he was that guy who was a tetherball king, you know? So tetherball is all about knowing where and when to hit right? So it's two people you're squaring off against each other. If that person was over there, I'd be trying to hit it this direction and make it wrap around the pole. He'd be trying to hit it the opposite direction to wrap around the pole, whichever one of us get it wrap around the pole in our direction. First, you're the winner. You know, it wraps around and goes and it stops right there. And you're the winner. So at this retreat, you know, I start off and I'm thinking, Hey, I can do this. And then he takes one whack. And if you're an expert, you know, if, it's your, if it comes to you on your side, you hit it low and make it go high, right? So that the person on the other side is going, yeah. so I can't hit it. So then it goes up and it comes back down. He hits it low again and it comes around. I'm thinking, I'm going to stop this. This is not going to happen to me. So I reach up to try to hit it. I time it wrong. That ball comes around and... <laughs> I thought, all right, I'm not doing that. One more time. We play again. The exact same thing happens. I'm like, I'm not playing this game anymore. I let him be king, and he was. Tetherball. It's all about hitting, and it goes around and around until it wraps up like this, and it's done. And you win if you can make it go in your direction. Interesting game a ball on a pole. Tied with a string. It is tethered to it. For a while, um, before we started using the term hotspot with your phone, you could hotspot off of the Wi Fi from your computer. Hello, people know what I'm talking about here. Well, for a while they used the term tethered. You could tether your phone to your laptop. It's not used so much anymore. If you've watched any space movies, some of the more new space movies that are out, you know, if they go on a walk in space, they're tethered to the ship. And the person might float off in space, but this is their lifeline. You don't want to get without this because it's your. it attaches you to safety. It attaches you to security, and it provides everything that you need in the tether. Amen? you probably see where I'm going with this already. You and I, before we came to Jesus Christ, we were like a, a ball just floating without a tether. No purpose, no hope, no reason for existence. But the day we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and we believed it and we received it and we chose to follow him, we were immediately tethered to the standard, to the pole, to the fixture, to righteousness, to truth. Our life was forever changed tethered to him. And no matter what happens to us, no matter how hard I get hit, I keep going back to the tethered pole. I keep going back to what holds me. I keep going back to the one who owns me because this is where my life comes from. Amen? Amen. 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 And no one, no one can snatch me out of his hand because I am tethered to him. Now it really wouldn't make much sense anyway for a tether ball to think, hey, you know, this tether thing, I mean, it's so restrictive. It's so limiting. I think I'll try to get rid of this so that I can go be something else. Can you imagine a tether ball thinking, you know what? I'm tired of being a tether ball. I'm tired of having that as my name. I wish I could be a football. I'm sorry, dude. You weren't made to be a football. You're made to be a tetherball or the tetherball saying, well, you know what? I wish I could be free from this so that I could go be a soccer ball. You weren't meant to be a soccer ball. You have a place right here that attaches you to the fixture. You are meant to be a tetherball. Stop trying to be something you're not. Just be the tetherball. This is who you are. This is your name. Don't try to go and be something else. Tethered. It's important it holds us to what's fixed. It provides all that we need. It's what we need if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ. If we're going to be ones who walk in his ways, we've got to understand the power of the tether and to stay tethered. Because life sometimes brings some stuff along the path. Amen? Stuff happens that's not always pleasant. Stuff happens that we hadn't planned for. Stuff happens that we didn't have on our to-do list for the week. And in those moments, God is working all things together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? He is arranging all things together. To shape us into the very image of Jesus Christ. He's shaping you. There's nothing that has come into your week, your month, or your life that wasn't ordained, designed by God to draw you to him and cause you to be shaped into the image of him. Everything that's happening to you is in his wise, sovereign loving hand and when i can't make sense of it i go back to who i am i am a tethered being amen i've been tethered to the one who knows all things i've been tethered to the one who loves me above all things i've been tethered to the one who is far wiser than all things and so i rest as a tethered one amen we're in the middle of a series we're calling change me and it comes from this very idea that I I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And I say to him, God, do your work of changing me to be like your son. Do what you must. I'll submit to what you do, and I will see everything that comes into my life as part of your shaping. I'll trust you in it. I'll believe you in it. I'm not going to try to cut my tether. I'm not going to try to rage against the tether. I instead am going to rest in the tether. So turn with me to John 15, verses one through eight. It's where we've been in our series. We've been approaching this passage one verse at a time. We've really been seeing what Jesus is saying in this passage. Let me give you just a little of a context so you can know where we are. John 15. Is what happens between the final time that Jesus will meet with the disciples, wash their feet, share a final meal, and the Garden of Gethsemane. John 15 happens in between there. It's a conversation that Jesus has as the disciples make their way from this incredible worship experience with him to an incredible trial with him. In between there, something's going to happen. John 15 happens. And Jesus is going to explain some things to them about what it means to be tethered and what it means to be pruned. Jesus is going to use a metaphor that they would have understood. I've used a metaphor this morning that we understand tetherball. Jesus used a vine and a branch and fruit a grape vine that has branches. And as I've said over the past couple of weeks, you got to reverse your Texas thinking. We think in terms of trees have branches that have vines grow on them. It's different if you're in a vineyard in the vineyard, the main stalk that comes up out of the ground is the vine. Okay. So you got to change your thinking. This is the vine coming up out of the ground and the vine has multiple branches that go out from it on which the fruit grows. Okay, so you've got to reverse your thinking a little bit. Vine with branches, not a branch with some vines. All right, so Jesus is going to describe to us this picture. And what we've been doing is we've, um, we've been taking on this challenge that we would memorize this passage. It's one verse at a time. So I don't know if you've been doing that. I've been working at it. I'm going to do the verse three verses. Anybody want to follow along with me this morning? Let's try We've been doing it from, or I've been looking at the new King James version. That's what I use here on Sunday morning. So starting verse one, it says that, that Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Very good. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That's right. We've talked about what that actually means. Go back and listen to that message online, YouTube. Um, every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes. yeah, he prunes. He prunes the branches that actually bear fruit. He doesn't prune them because they've been bad branches. He prunes them because they've been good branches. That's where you get more fruit from. Every branch in me that does, that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear prune. more fruit. That's right, more fruit. It had been bearing fruit, but he prunes it so there'd be more fruit. Verse 3 from last week, Jesus said, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Wow. There's so much just in those three verses alone. Good job, everybody, for memorizing. Keep it up. We're almost halfway there. And when you finish, you're going to have a beautiful passage committed to memory, and you'll find God speaking to you. Through it, So we remember some things here. Jesus says he is the true vine. He, he puts himself as this vine that's coming up out of the soil that has uh, its roots deep. It's the one he's the one that provides life. He's the one where the branches get their nourishment from. But he says the father, he's the vine dresser. He's the one that knows the fruit that needs to be produced and he knows what to do to get the fruit produced part of what he does is pruning. He comes along in every season, not just once, not just twice, but every season the vine dresser comes along and he cuts and removes what what gave fruit in the past season so that in the next season there can be more fruit. Wow, it's what the vine dresser does. He's wise like that. Pruning isn't about judgment. Pruning is about more fruit. Pruning is not about what you did badly in the last season. Pruning is about what you're going to see happen in the next season. So we can actually get excited about pruning that happens in our life. Amen? By faith. Because by faith, I believe beyond what it looks like. I have faith beyond what it feels like, and I trust Him. Verse 4, where we're going to camp out today. Verse 4 says this Abide in me. Now, let me just say again Scripture happens in an order for a reason. Understand the context. Pruning happens. Jesus says, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Because I know that when you go through pruning, it hurts. When you go through pruning, there's loss. When you go through pruning, it gets a little confusing. And so Jesus says, so now, in the midst of all that, abide in me and I in you. As the branch, flip your text and thought, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Beautiful words for us today. We're going to break this verse down just almost a word at a time because every word of God is true. Amen? Amen. Every word of God is a rich treasure that you can dig into pray for God to give you insight into and about the time you think, Oh, there's such great treasure here in this verse. Oh, you haven't even scratched the surface yet. The Bible refers to itself as being the unsearchable riches. Mm, You can search and search and dig and dig and you won't get to the end of how wonderful glorious it is, but we're going to try to today. Now I think it's important to use illustrations to help us picture some things because uh, I don't know that there are any vineyard growers in the room. That's not something that we are all accustomed to. So we've attempted to use this picture today of Tether. Hold on to that in your thought process. Uh, I've had a little uh, a mini vineyard up here that I've brought for the past couple of weeks. I have a little bit different illustration for today. And uh, I'm going to get a couple of volunteers because I want, to, um, I, wanna, I want us to really catch the idea of this, uh, this branch Thing and pruning and vine. So let me have Mike Lewis come up on the stage first. Mike, come on up here. Mike has the uh, powerful role of representing Jesus this morning. Wow. That's, that's a lot, huh, Mike? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll have Mike stand right here and uh, we're going to let this represent a branch today. Okay. So this is going to be a branch And uh, this branch is long. If we took a branch off of uh, a vineyard trellis or a long wire at the vineyard, you'd find it was actually very long. So just imagine we have removed the long branch, you have to think branch, not vine, from the vineyard. And it's here this morning. And Jesus is holding the branch because he is the true vine. So I can't sew this into Mike's person, but he's holding it today. So I want you to imagine that he is the true vine. He's representing Jesus this morning. And let me have Matt come up here. Matt is going to illustrate or, or represent the branch. Okay, so let's imagine Matt is actually the branch. He's part of this, this line right here. He's, he's not really holding it in our picture. He's, he's representing it. Okay, he is one with it and he's had a great season. You see If it had been earlier in the season, we would have come along and would have seen that all of this would have had fruit all over it All of these would have been loaded with fruit and that's been great. Good job branch You, you had so much fruit this past season, but it's the winter and that's when pruning takes place, right? That's when the vine dresser comes along. He comes after the season of fruitfulness After there's been some good time, the vine dresser comes along and he says, wow, this is a lot. You have really put out a lot this past year. Good stuff. And the vine dresser says, that is, you did such a great job. I'm just going to come along and just, um, I'm going to remove this. You did a great job, man. Your work, awesome. Involvement in serving people in ministry, awesome. I'm going to remove that from you right now. Uh, Your your job, way to go. Good job at work. Ever feel like that sometimes? You've been serving. There's been a lot of fruit. There's been some success. But there's something about it that is not as rewarding as it once was. Some things have happened at work that you weren't counting on. And it feels like it's just been pruned from your life. Jesus says, oh, those, those friends, or the Father says, those, those friends you've had, man, that, that's awesome. It's been fruitful. Sorry. <laughs> and, he, and he comes along and prunes it. And those activities you've had in your life, those have, those have been great, too. Way to go. Free time. And I'm just going to have to remove those from you for right now. And in fact, there, this is what I really need to happen. And this is what the vine dresser does. The vinedresser's wise. The vine dresser knows the season. He knows the fruit that's been produced, but he knows something else that the branch doesn't always know. Because the branch is completely incapable of producing its own fruit. Now, because this is who we are, and we're not... The true vine. Down here on this end, this can look a little disheartening. Amen? When all of a sudden what you thought you had is removed. When all of a sudden what you had in the bank is not there anymore. When all of a sudden what you had in that relationship is not anymore. When all of a sudden what you thought you had in your own sense of confidence and well being is not anymore. Those friends that you thought you had, all of a sudden they're not anymore, and everything gets changed. It would be tempting if you were the branch to say, God, what's up? Why? What did I do? Why is this happening to me? I thought you loved me. I thought you were good to me. I thought you had promises to me. Where have you been? Where'd you go? That's what we would think if we were the branch. Hello. Anybody ever thought those things before? I have. Because this part is a little disheartening. But when you're the branch and you go through the pruning season, this is kind of all you look at. You look at your stuff on the ground. You look at this cut right here. And you think, well, now what? It's easy to react at this point, get angry. It's easy to not respond rightly. It's easy to not be grateful. Hello. It's easy to want to say, forget it. Just forget it. I'm out. I want, I want away. I'm tired of being tethered. This ain't working. And this is what Jesus knows Because those disciples that he's talking to are about to enter some trials deeper and more painful than they've ever experienced before. They're about to be chased out of the garden. They're about to have the physical presence of Jesus removed from them. And everything they've known about who he was is all about to change. Jesus himself is about to be pruned as well. And Jesus is trying to help them navigate through what is about to happen in their life. Because if you only looked this way, if the branch only looked at what had been removed, if the branch only looked at what had happened, if the branch only looked at what it has lost, it would be discouraged. But this is why Jesus in this verse says, abide in me. In other words, don't keep looking at what has happened to you. Start looking at who you are. Don't look down line, look up line. Because when I can't figure this out, I got to look somewhere else. And I turn and I look back up at the one who holds me. I look at the one who's giving me life. I look at the one who promised me life. I look at the one who's more connected to the vine dresser than anyone else. And I rest in him. Amen. Do you see the picture here? I want you to lock this in because where we're headed in this passage, you'll need to see this right here. Amen? Amen. Let's give them a hand. Thank you guys very much. Awesome. Awesome. Jesus says, Abide in me. Don't run from me. Don't react in anger. And please, don't reject me as the one who can give you what you need. Okay. Mm. I get it. I know the pain of that moment. I have felt it. I've talked with a lot of people in the midst of it. And it's in the midst of that change that you've got to make sure you respond in the right way. I get it in your marriage, you're not getting the respect you want. I get it. In your marriage, you're not getting the love that you thought you were going to get. You're not getting the kind of treasuring that you thought. There's conflict. There's tension. And you can't work it out. And in that moment, God is doing some pruning. Stay with me. He's not looking to remove that person out of your life that you can't get from what you thought you, were, you should be getting from them. He's looking to prune your attachment to them so that you might get the real life from the one who can give you real life. But I'm telling you, in a marriage, it's easy to look at the one you can see and expect them to give you everything you want to receive. You want all of the acceptance. You want all of the worth. You want all of the treasuring. You expect them to somehow provide that for you. They can't. Right. They're just a branch too. Yeah. Right. And a branch cannot bear fruit in and of itself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, so sometimes that conflict is Jesus' way of saying, or the Father's way of saying, this is where you get it not them I get it the bills are coming in you're frustrated at work you're not getting the kind of recognition there you thought friends have started rejecting you as well life's becoming miserable and in that moment pruning's happening God's cutting off some sources that you've looked to you've been dependent upon your friends they've been fruitful for a time for you it's time for something else you've been turning to some other things you found that social media kind of gives you a little buzz Netflix that'll settle your mind for a little while Food, that feels good. Drink, satisfies for a little while. Medication. And God comes as the vine dresser and says, it's time for a new season. You had some fruit in that for a while. It helped you for a little bit. But now, I'm going to do another work in you. I'm going to take you to a different level. I'm going to to produce fruit in you that you haven't experienced before. Hello? I'm going to do something in you that you haven't seen before. But for you to have fruit you've never had before, you've got to have some pruning you've never had before. And so Jesus says, Guys, The garden's coming. Abide in me. It's interesting what he does here in this first part. There's actually two parts to it. There's abide in me and there's I in you. Let's just chew on that for a minute. Jesus says, abide in me. Don't look downline at what's happening to you. What has happened to you. What looks like loss, tragedy, heartache, And what even looks like judgment against you. Instead, look upline at the one who holds you. Look at the one who's given you life and abide in me. Find your life in me. Not in your successes. Not in the praises. Not in the likes. Not in the number of followers. Not in the number of drinks not in the tastiness of the brisket that you just cooked outside on your smoker. Mm. I had to talk to myself for a little bit there and all of that. He says, in those moments when it feels like you are not loved, not accepted, not, not secure... Turn to the one and abide in him. He's the one who is love. He's the one who is acceptance. He is the one who gives you life. Abide in him. When the pain comes, abide in him. When the rejection comes, abide in him. When when the fear comes, abide in him. When the confusion comes... Abide in him. It's the pattern. It's the plan. When you want to give in, you abide in him. You go back to what you have been made. I, in Jesus Christ, am loved. I am accepted. I am complete. I am righteous. Not because of what I do, but because of what he's done. I'm just telling you what scripture says about you if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You go back to who you are in him, and you abide in that. The word abide is a word that means to remain, to rest in, to receive from. When the pain happens and you want to run, you say, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to remain in him. Amen? When you want to turn to something else to help you in that moment when it just feels so discombobulated. In that moment, you go back and say, God, you are my peace. Jesus, you are the one who provides me what I need. Abide in me. Rest there. Remain there. And receive there. So he says, abide in me, but he also says, and I in you, Mm, that's a little different because I can get my, I can kind of get a picture of, okay, I am the branch and I'm going to put my focus on not has what, not what's been taken from me, but my connection to him. And I'm going to abide in him. But, but Jesus says, but also do this. I in you. You know where the branch gets its life? You know where the branch gets its ability to even have fruit? You know where the branch gets its ability to grow? You know where the branch gets its ability to produce leaves? They all come from the vine. And so you have to abide in him, but you have to let him abide in you. You've got to let all that he is fill you when that has been cut off when that has been removed you let every longing fear heartache loss need you let him supply what's needed in that moment now this is a learned process it's not something that people just naturally do It's not something followers of Christ normally do or naturally do to let him fill your every need It's it's something you have to learn It's something you have to experience It's something you have to go through and lean back on and learn from and do again You have to shift your dependence. I get it at home. You're not feeling loved And so you want to turn to something else to fill you in that moment and you start looking for all kind of things. And I've mentioned some of those already. We could probably add to that list. But what Jesus is saying is in that moment, abide in me and all that I have in you. Don't look to your spouse To be the one to give you all the love that you need, only Jesus can do that. So turn back to him and let him in you totally satisfy you, totally complete you, totally meet everything. And look, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not talking religious talk this morning. I'm not talking about fairy tale Bible stuff. I'm going to try to get as real as I can this morning. Because this stuff we're talking about is for real life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundant. I'm not talking about just fairy tale Bible stuff. I'm talking about that need that you have in your life. When all of a sudden you don't get the affection from your spouse that you wish you had. You don't have to raise your hand, but I will say. Can anybody relate this morning? It's okay to say amen though, right? If anybody ever experienced the pain of not getting from your spouse what you had hoped for, what you had longed for, in that moment, Jesus said, Let me abide in you. When you crave that physical affection, And your spouse seems to be oblivious to it. Turn to the one who alone can meet your affection needs in your heart. I told you I'm not talking about just pie in the sky sky stuff. Jesus is able to meet your craving for affection When you feel the craving to want to be loved and understood, and you're not getting it from the people in your life, don't go ballistic on them. Go abide in him. Let him abide in you. Let him be the one that fills that in you. You say, well, I'm not sure I even know how to do that. Of course not. It's not natural. It's supernatural. And it's a process. And the process comes through pruning. Yes. He'll remove what you had put your hope and trusts in so that you can look back up line and not down line yes. to keep turning you back there. You don't feel understood? Turn back to the one who understands. You don't feel the affection, turn back to the one who has all affection, tender mercies. You don't feel accepted, turn back to the one who has made us accepted in Jesus Christ that need you have for feeling a sense of peace because everything seems to be out of control, that need you have to feel a sense of settling and you can't get it anywhere else because job's not helping, work's not happening, the bills aren't helping. In that moment, you go back to the one who alone can give you peace. Let him abide in you in that moment and you rest in him. Abide in me and I in you. When you're feeling depressed. No. It's time to turn back to the one who can give you hope and rest in him in that moment. Look, I've been depressed. I've walked in those shoes. I've gone to the doctor. I've gotten the medication. I've been down that path. There's a time... And there's a place. But there was a time and there was a place for me to not depend upon that medication. There was a time and a place for me to have that pruned from my life and find what I needed in Christ alone. Amen? And Jesus has it. And the vine dresser knows it. And he'll prune from your life till you get to that place. When it gets pruned, don't run, don't panic. Don't look for something to calm you. Don't turn to your anger. Don't turn to some chemical. Don't turn to something that this world offers. Turn to the one who can give you what you need. Amen? Let's go on in the verse. There's much more here. I'm getting a little warm in here. Is that anybody else? Yeah, I'm going to roll my sleeves up a little bit here, if it's all right. And maybe those who have uh, some keys can (laughs) unlock some thermostats and give us a little cooler air. It'd be great. Let's go on to the next part of this verse. Jesus said this, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. In other words, branch, you don't have the power. It's not in you. Branch, you're not the one connected to the root. Branch, you're not the one who has the life in you. Branch, you are a conduit is really all you are. You you are meant to receive life and give off fruit. That's your role. That's that's all your role is. So you can't do it of yourself. You can't get enough uh, worked up love on your own. You're not. In your 30-minute drive to your house every day, coming home from work or wherever you've been, say, Okay, I'm going to love my spouse, love my spouse, love my spouse, love my spouse. you might walk in the front door, and they're going to say something to you, and you're just going to blow everything you just talked about, right? Ever happened to you? You know, you get all this commitment worked up, and you try to get all this romantic emotion all built up, and you walk in, and life is not what you thought it was, and you walk behind that door, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, you're like, oh, man, I thought I was going to love them this time. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Because you don't have it in you. You don't. You can't work it up. You can't build it up. You can't watch enough sad movies, romantic movies. You can't buy yourself enough chocolate. You can't buy yourself enough flowers to work up that stuff. It didn't work that way. Love only comes from Him. And if you don't have it from Him, you're not going to have much to give to them. You're a branch. You can't bear fruit on your own. Unless unless it abides in the vine mm. that's the only way a branch can bear some fruit unless it stays connected unless it refuses to run unless it refuses to react unless it accepts the pruning that's when fruit is produced unless it abides In the vine in the moment when it's painful in the moment when it's difficult you can't bear fruit so you go back and there you abide in the vine that's the next part of the verse there unless it abides in the vine this is where the branch gets its fruit and then Jesus completes the metaphor He says, you understand vine, branch, and fruit. You understand that a branch has no power in and of itself to have enough love, peace, joy, forgiveness. You can listen to all the motivational talks you want. You won't discover it in and of yourself. You only get it if you abide in the vine. And then Jesus kind of wraps it up. He says that neither can you. He gets real personal. gets real personal with the disciples. That's who he's talking to. These men that have followed him. These men that knew him. These men that were about to walk into fire that they have never experienced before. And he says, you're not going to have any fruit produced in your life unless unless you abide in me. Just as the branch can't, neither can you, neither can you. Have you ever had a neither can you moment in your life? You need to. If you have it, you need to have one. That's the next part of our verse here. Neither can you. You got to have those moments in your life where you tried it and it didn't work, where you thought you had it figured out and you didn't, where you worked at it and it didn't work. You have to come to a neither can you moment. Because if you don't get to the place where you try something and it fails, you can't get to what's happening next in this verse. You have to come to a neither can you moment. It's personal. Jesus didn't say, and neither can some people. Neither can the majority of population. Neither can... Certain groups, Jesus got real specific. He did with the disciples and he gets specific with us today. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's been pruned from your life. I don't know where your questions are. I don't know where your doubts are. I don't know what you're trying right now. I don't know what you're working towards and hoping it's going to work out on your own. I don't know what your struggle is. But I will tell you this morning. If you're trying to do it on your own You're about to face A neither can you moment I gotta tell you some bad news Before I can tell you some good news Neither Can You You can't work it out on your own You don't have enough wisdom You may have some street smarts You may have grown up in Oak Cliff But neither can you You might have grown up in the country and been a good old boy who knows how to make things work. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to life and relationships, neither can you. You might have some money right now. You might be at a good place, living the good life, enjoying more than what most people have. But I'll tell you this this morning as well. When it comes to the matters of life, and godliness, neither can you. You may be at the end of your rope today. You may be at a dark place today. Perhaps you already know. Neither can you. You've got to have a neither can you moment to get to the last part of what Jesus says in this verse. Unless... You abide in me. Mm. It's the second unless in the verse. Unless. Unless means there's hope. Unless means this is not the end. Unless means there's something else coming. Unless means... There's a season ahead. Unless means the vine dresser knows what he's doing. Unless means there's more in this vine than perhaps we thought. Unless means it's time to do more than just rely on that one salvation experience you had all oh, that many years ago. Unless means it's time to have some new fruit produced in your life. Unless you abide in me. You abide, you remain, you don't run, you don't panic. You don't escape from the situation. You remain. And you remain in in his love, in his hand, in the confidence. Abide in me, Jesus said. Me. Receive what he has. Stop looking at all those places For what you need. And get it from me, Jesus said. Abide in me. There's a time and a place to turn to people when you're in need. There's a time and a place when you've felt the prune pruning shears of God on your life. There's a time to turn to someone and say, hey, I need some help. Can you talk with me? Would you listen to me? Would you pray with me? There's a time for that. But please, please, with whoever you go to, make sure they're going to remind you that life is in the vine only. Make sure they're going to point you back to the vine dresser who has sovereign reign over your life. Make sure they're going to remind you who you are in him. Don't let them label you with something that forever labels you a failure. Don't let them give you a tag that says you're forever scarred. Because in Jesus Christ, he removes those scars. He heals those scars. He forgives those wounds. He'll call you something you're not today. He'll make you something you're not today. Find someone that'll tell you who you are in him. And find somebody that'll tell you who he is in you. Find that kind of person Go to that counselor If you're talking to somebody that's not telling you those things I just have to warn you from a biblical perspective Watch out Watch out Abide in me And I in you Fruit comes Through the process Of pruning When God wants to produce the fruit of love in your life. He's going to put you in a situation where you're not going to feel loved. That's the process. Because you have to get to the place where you stop relying on yourself and you look back to the vine. You want to have the, or if the father wants to have the fruit of peace in your life, you know what he's going to bring into your life some tension, some conflict that'll make you have to turn back and say Vine I need some peace. You're the only one. You're the only place I can go. There's no other name by which I'm saved. There's nothing out there. When he wants to produce the fruit of joy in your life He's going to allow some things to come along that won't be so joyful. He'll prune some airs in your life and he'll draw you to himself and he'll flow life into you. When he wants to develop the fruit of patience in your life, you already know the rest of the sentence. He's going to bring some things into your life to produce that patience. And I have, I used to say, and I've heard people say, well, don't pray for patience. Whatever you do, God will bring it in your life. Look, You can pray for it. You can not pray for it. He's still going to do it. He's the vine dresser. Okay. So just get past all that. He he knows he's wise enough. He's not waiting for you to say, can I have some patience? He's going to do it. He works it. He's the vine dresser. He's wise. He knows that you want to have some faithfulness in your life. When the father wants to produce some faithfulness in your life, He'll test you. He'll prune some things in your life. He'll cause you to have to trust Him in ways you've never trusted Him before so that you can have fruit produced in your life like you've never had before. And it all comes to this place of saying, God, I will abide in you. You are my peace. You are my hope. You are my joy. You are my love, and I lean on who I am in you, but I also receive all you are in me. (sighs) Would you let Him flow into you today? Would you let His love fill up the places where you're feeling unloved today? Would you let the peace of Jesus Christ flow into the areas in your life today where you're not feeling peace? Would you let his acceptance, the fact that he has made you accepted in the beloved, in Jesus, would you let that wash in to the areas where you are desperate for affection and acceptance from others? Would you let him be that? Who this is what he calls us to today. This is what Jesus was saying to his disciples. This is what he says to us. When you get to that place, then you can say, I will change. I don't want to be who I was. I don't want last season's fruit anymore. I don't want to keep leaning on what I used to lean on. I want to get into the depths of Jesus Christ and what He is in me and who I am in Him. And because of that, I will change. Whatever you're asking me, Father, whatever you want to prune for my life, whatever you want to change about me, I sit. I sit willingly, I sit gratefully in the chair. Of change. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I am confident in Christ that He is speaking personally today. That for every one of us, there are very specific and unique areas where He is saying, I'm pruning, I'm cutting off, I'm removing, I'm changing. Because I've got more for you. And this morning, you have the opportunity to respond and say, God, I've been running. I've been rejecting your hand. I've been angry at this whole thing. And I'm, I've been looking everywhere else for something to soothe me. But it's only you, only you can. And so I come back this morning to abide in you, rest in you. And then to do the next thing is let you abide in me. To fill me, to know love, to know peace, to know joy know what it means to be accepted to have worth to have real life Heavenly Father this morning we hear you we hear you speaking to us we hear you pointing out the areas in our life that you've pruned will continue to prune but beyond that we hear you calling us To abide in you, to rest, to remain, to receive, to stop looking other places, to stop seeing how the world can help, but to trust only in you. Because of Jesus, there's no other way, there's no other name by which we are saved. There's no other place that provides the life that we need except in you. So, Father, we love you. Work in us. I will change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning as we sing? I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope it has inspired you to lift him up and live him out. If you'd like to know more about Vertical Church, check us out online at verticalchurchovilla.com. We'll see you next time.